A very good evening to everyone. That's right. I'm back. Uh, thank you for joining me at Kopi with Fans. Yeah. Uh, been uh, out of action for almost uh, a month, right? Um, I still remember. Um, I just came back from my trip. Um, it's actually a Europe trip. It was very interesting. Uh, probably you have um, watched me over at uh, social media. I shared some of the uh, beautiful pictures, uh, fresh oxygen, fresh water, fresh food, you know, so much of things um, happening, happened. Um, I'm glad to be back again at Kopi Events. Um, like I mentioned, it's going to be a brand new season that we have. Um, we're also going to have a lot of uh, interviews going to be done over the next couple of weeks and a lot of interesting happening in 2023. Um, today's topic, uh, we are back. Um, we are covering something about mentally speaking. That's right. Uh, with my guest speaker, Dr. Arvinder Singh. It's, um, he's been a very regular uh, speaker with us. Um, yes, we are back and uh, you probably have seen me. I'm not having my coffee at the moment. Uh, just drinking a lot of water, right? The humid is a bit crazy here as well. Um, without any delay, I'm going to invite Dr. Arinda Singh on board. Hello, Dr. Arinda. Hi, good evening, everyone. Hi, Vance. Welcome back to this part of the world. <laughs> hey, While you were gone, yeah. I'm still having my coffee, bro. Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> you see, so today you got me. Today I do not have my coffee <laughs> with me. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Arvinder Singh, uh, for joining us again in our topic um, of mentally speaking. Um, I know, um, I think about six weeks back, we had a, another topic. Also, we talk about something to do with mental resilience. Uh, we've been talking a lot of uh, mental related topics over the past two and a half years. Uh, where are we at right now before we even jumping into the topic of mentally speaking at the moment? We are actually at a point, uh, Vance, thank you. <clears throat> we are actually at a point where uh, I think the world is opening up again. As you mentioned that you have gone to Europe, uh, as many Europeans are coming here. I was in Singapore again, um, I think when you were away. I think yeah, it's already yeah. about two or three times this year that I'm there um, for work purposes. And uh, likewise, I have a lot of my Singapore colleagues who are coming here as well as, as we open up again. I think what is happening is as the world is opening up again, we are all used to certain norms. Most of us are still, uh, some of us are still having masks. Yeah. Some of us are still practicing a lot of uh, good things, which I, I, I won't say there's anything wrong. But I think where social aspects are concerned, there's a change in the paradigm now. Everybody is used to not shaking hands. And you know, when, when the first thing you came on and you say, welcome, Dr. Arinda, automatically the hand went up and touched the chest because that is a new norm. And uh, I think uh, as we move along, we are going to find that people are going to have a readjustment issue again due to various reasons. And I think that going back to life, to the way it was due to working style, due to work placements, all of this is going to actually take a toll, mental toll on all of us. That is why I thought that the, the, the topic of mentally Men speaking... Yep, that is something which is we all should look at. Thank you, Doctor. Um, I mean, I know um, this topic is nothing new to us. Uh, we've been talking with this with microbiologists. We are talking about psychiatrists. We, we even talked a lot of, uh, you know, psychologists as well. Um, as we moved on right now, like you, you, you nailed it, right? Um, you hit that nail. Um, when I was in a part of Europe, in Italy, um, everything is opened up. Uh, people are just moving around and, you know, nobody's wearing masks. But there's, of course, there's a um, few people who are still taking the precautions. Like, what if, you know, they're practicing it? And we even talked about, you know, allergies, you know. Um, since we started using the mask, um, most of the people didn't fall sick. I mean, apart from getting COVID and kind of stuff. So there's a lot of uh, benefits to it, right? Um, like basic flu and coughs and all that. Um, so, yes, Doc, so now as the economy has opened up um, and people are still, do you think that people are still more comfortable doing live videos and Zoom meetings and um, they are, you see, now we, we now we, we speak as if like we know for years. Yes, we know for years, but virtually and we only met mm -hmm. about a couple of times. So mm -hmm. do you think that people are still not ready to meet up people in physically? I would like to think that I think we have opened up new horizons. Let's put it, let's put it that way. I think during the pandemic, people always used to question 
when classes were taken online hey what are you doing hey you're doing an online thing oh my god why why are you doing online why can't you actually go and uh, uh, you know attend classes by itself but as, as the pandemic came along everybody said hey you know what actually this is another mode where more people are participating we had uh, ngo meetings where we found that the participation was better than physical meetings hey how come suddenly like that because we we keep uh, forgetting the fact that some people are Are, are having mobility problems some people are having time problems they can spare the time let's say 9:30 to 10:30 they can spare but immediately at 11 o'clock they need to be somewhere or at 9 o'clock they need to be somewhere so physically yeah. for them to actually go and appear at a particular place may be a bit difficult so i think this mode has actually given us a different perspective and we are even ready in the fact for the fact that if another and god forbid if there's another infectious disease that comes in the respiratory infectious disease we are already prepared we know that okay you know what classes can go on this way work can go on this way assignments can go on this way life can go on this way what we have to do what we have to say and uh, i think it has given us a different perspective remember at a time where you can only go to from jb to singapore via the causeway or maybe even a boat those days yeah. you know yeah. there suddenly the causeway come then <clears throat> people say ayo causeway yeah but i think boat is better but then slowly everybody say hey you know what causeway actually much faster hey came to the point hey why don't we can fly we can fly down so it gives people i i won't say it gives an edge but it gives another avenue for people to actually connect with each other and i think it's a very good right. thing um why i asked you even this dog because you see um there's a couple of uh, companies you know that we are talking about here right now of course no mentions of names um they are actually pretty comfortable with doing online coaching trainings and and programs and kind of stuff and and then one of the reasons is that because uh they said you know what we are going to get everybody together but they are some of them are working from home some are in office and we are doing some you know rotation so let's do a, a training virtually um i think that has become a norm I, i i agree with you and people are very comfortable doing meeting up right um that also comes with attitude character building the confidence you know uh, right now i'm talking to you top bottom i'm wearing a shorts you know people were doing Same that ah, yeah exactly you know <laughs> top people you know below you can even wear a sarong or whatever mm. you are wearing but on a on a serious note um probably this has become an habit all right and i mean over years of two and a half years of that has become a habit do you think that people also having some inferior complex when meeting someone and you know they they lost everything you know because they can't speak to someone when looking at the eyes or even having mm. a coffee session or whatever session you know um probably because of this <laughs> virtual thing has conquered i think uh, i think let's face it lah during the pandemic our screen time has become i think i i, I would say would have quadrupled easily for any one of us yeah. would have quadrupled because of the exposure which we have which we never used to do especially during meetings that's number one <clears throat> so having that you know um, having all the rays which goes into your eyes and activate uh, deactivates your sleeping centers and activate your 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 alert centers that is one the other thing is you may find that a lot of people are um <clears throat> they don't know how to interact with many people at one go you see when you are in a when you are in public or when you meet three four people some people will be talking at the same time but in uh, <clears throat> online you normally have a decorum i say first then you stop then you go then i go then you know that sort of thing but i think uh i think for the adult generation is not too bad i just feel quite concerned for the kids those those uh, kids uh, who are just developing and their social skills with human interaction may be very very limited and uh, mm-hmm. it may be only uh, up to with their parents and uh, maybe close family members and maybe just up to school and then you have the teenagers who are learning how to carry themselves it's a different thing kids are actually talking about interaction they want to see people's reaction you know sometimes kids accidentally say something which is wrong but uh i would say adolescents who are actually training themselves to be better people on how to have proper decorum how to have carry themselves properly they may be having an issue and that has led to a lot of mental health you know vens just to share with you yep. i read a very interesting report today talking about that 
um, those people who are stuck in jams are actually more prone to depression. <laughs> okay. And, and, and you know what? I, I was thinking, oh my God, why, why is this happening? And then I realized when people are actually going back to work now, not using public transport, want to use their own cars, it's also happening. And I, I'm, I'm quite sure it's also happening with the kids because when we talk about being stuck in a jam, we always think as the driver, I'm the one undergoing through it. No, the kids are there. The, the, the spouse is there. Elderly people are in the car. And I think that this is where it has skewed off. And uh, coming back to the fact that uh, who, who is actually suffering with the interaction skills and all that, I think all of this is leading for us to actually take a step back because if we go back to working from home, let's look at the depression thing. If we go back to working from home, again, we're going to come back to square one. So how are we going to work around it? That is the new challenge, actually. And Doc, also, um, as as we, as I mean, both countries, you are in Malaysia and I'm in Singapore, and a lot of um, countries has already opened up. So people have not been traveling. Um, so there's a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of movements happening right now. And uh, of course, we a lot of um, vaccination has been done. Uh, we also have some booster shots and all that in our immune system. Um, as, as already, you know, uh, to a certain point, you know, is, is doing its part. Um, and you also mentioned, you know, wearing masks is also very important right now, all right? Uh, even though it's optional right now, especially we are in an enclosed area like a lift or a train or even in a flight. I mean, this is for your self-protection. I mean, you still can wear. But, um, you know, when someone sees someone's wearing masks, they're like, ah, why are you still wearing on it? You know, we should be off of it, you know. So these kind of uh, uh, different thoughts are coming in, a lot of different variations and varieties of comments coming in. And how do you think we should be able to handle mm -hmm. this? Um, <clears throat> wearing masks, right? You still can yep. wear a mask. I mean, nobody's going to ask you to take it off uh, forcefully. But... Will there be any complications? Like if you're wearing masks, I'll be like, why are you wearing masks? You know, do you have oh, I, I, I get that a lot, Ben. So when I go and yeah. people ask me, I don't know why the hell you're still wearing masks. I said, look, I've not got COVID yet. Thank God, touch wood. <laughs> Number two is I don't intend to get it because um, I've got a medical condition for both my lower lungs where uh, I was I had very bad pneumonia when I was young. So for me to get actually COVID, it's going to be a very severe thing. So I choose not to. And the second thing I always say is, uh, even though sometimes, yes, you feel awkward, I always tell myself that it is it is of your own outcome and interest. Like, for example, you can have money, but if you, you, it's, not, it's not compulsory for you to put it in the bank. But why do you still put it in the bank? No, because you feel that it's going to benefit you. So the same thing. Uh, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. But you still choose to wear a mask. Why? Because you know it's going to benefit you. It, it doesn't have to be a compulsory thing, but it is a sensible thing to do, um, especially with the new XBB variant which is coming out. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. I think I discussed this quite some time ago, we're going to have many, many more variants coming out over and over and over again. It's whether we can put a stop to it like polio with vaccination, um, with the new, new type of vaccination, a new way the vaccines work, or you are going to say, I'm going to just prevent it. <clears throat> For example, um, if I may, HIV is still present since the 80s till now. It's still present. There's no vaccine. But what do we do? We prevent it. We prevent. Of course, we use different uh, different methods and techniques depending on what, what are the mode of spread. But we still take precaution. So I don't think COVID-19 should be any different. Because... Um, <clears throat> One thing we get a lot of uh, patients who are coming in, especially with COVID-19, was the regret of why didn't I take any um, steps to prevent it. And it, it leads to something called a PTSD, which is called post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of them go into depression, anxiety, stress. So I always tell people, why do we need to subject ourselves to that when we know that it is something very, very preventable? It's the same thing. Why do you keep your why do you keep your money in the bank? You'd want to keep it in the house because you're scared that somebody can break in, they can take. I mean, these are all things which can happen. Somebody within internally can go and uh, accidentally misplace it for that matter. But why do you still put it in the bank? Because you know that there are security measures, there are other things that and, and it is the same thing why we actually still wear masks. So I always tell uh, people that, you know, if people come up to you and ask you why are you still wearing masks? Say that it is for your own protection. When people ask me, I tell them straight away. So that is how it is. <laughs> and also, Doc, I mean, um, we, we know that uh, 
generally, not say generally, I mean, most of the time, you know, over the past, um, what we call about 70, 80 years, or even back then, you know, over 100 over years, you know, people do a lot of manual work, uh, fetch the water like five <laughs> kilometers away, you know, there isn't any pipe there you open your tap you know the pipes just you know with lots of water mm-hmm. but with that kind of thing you know we we have come to a point where you know the body actually adapts to it you know the muscles you know recruiting mus- muscle fibers when you work out and you know sometimes when you want to you know if you gain some weight you know you want to increase up your metabolism rate and kind of stuff but um, for something to do with the mind or we are talking about the brain the, the upper body you know there isn't something like a mind gym, you know, and some people may go into <laughs> depression. Uh, some people may can go into anxieties. Um, and this, um, you know, this isn't a protocol, you know, there's only symptom signs when someone isolates for a very long time um, at home because they don't want to, you know, mingle around with the crowd or people, you know, because they've lost a lot of confidence, character buildings and many more other things that may have impacted them. But that's, there's, there's no sign, there, there's sign and symptoms, but it can be kept and people can just hide uh, with a smile, you know. If someone is smiling very often, sometimes it's scary. Hey, why are you smiling too often? <laughs> someone is not smiling, it's also a worry. Hey, why are you not smiling? So, you know, I know it's going to be tough, um, but is there any way we can able to isolate this? So I think, uh, Vince, what you're trying to say is how do we actually... Uh, prevent people from going into mental uh, mental situations or mental uh, mental de- men- mentally degradation de- degradation. So what you want to do is maintenance of mental health. So I thought it was a very good thing that you mentioned that for physical health we have a gym, but for mental health what do we have? So yeah. perhaps it is high time that gyms actually focus not only on physical but also mental health. They can have people who are coming in, uh, mental trainers, mental people, people who are coming in with mental uh, health advocates, people with mental uh, uh, experts who can come in and talk about mental health and even train people for mental health. I think it's a good opportunity to even screen. You see, when you go to the gym, you have a weighing scale there. Why do you have a weighing scale in the gym? Why? Because you want to go, you want to measure and say, okay, you know what? Uh, Are you improving? Are you regressing? Um, What should be done? I think for mental health, it should be the same. You should have someone who goes and then you say, okay, let's do an assessment. And hey, how come is there a, de- why, why is there a deterioration? Did something happen? Maybe we can pick it up early and prevent them from deteriorating further. So I think these are all few things. But what I would like to stress on is that uh, let's ask ourselves, to be very honest, how many people do go to the gym on a regular basis? Um, that may also be another story. Or, or, or how many people have access to gyms? That's also another story. So perhaps another thing which can be done is actually to screen for mental health at workplaces. And I think um, looking at the situation, I, I mean, I I can't really speak for Singapore, but in Malaysia, you have the majority of businesses are SMEs, small, medium industries. Okay. And uh, what happens is if the small, medium industries, even though it's not a compulsory regulation, to actually screen for mental health, but they make it an initiative, an internal company initiative to actually screen for mental health within their workers, I think it would be a very good thing and you will pick up a lot of people and you will you, you may not pick up anything, but you will definitely have a better boost in uh, increasing productivity and even the happiness within the workplace. And that, I think, it's a very big boost uh, for any business, especially this time of day. Of course, Doc, uh, we don't have any stats at the moment uh, for me to reveal out. But, uh, you know, based on um, 20, 23 years of, uh, you know, in the health and fitness industry, um, generally someone who's exercising at least two to three times a week, um, able to maintain, all right, able to maintain uh, not much of stress, uh, able to have a, a, a quite a balanced lifestyle. And of course, in the other hand, uh, you know, uh, another group of people may say, hey, you know what, uh, someone is going to the gym, uh, probably you have an issue, that's why you are releasing all your stress. But, but you know, having observed that, you know, um, especially when you go into a gym, you know, people really worked out, right? really working very hard. 
of course to get into their shape and you know have a better health and fitness and even for better sleep you know some people can't even sleep at night because they have so much of hyper in, in kind of energy so they go to the gym and get themselves exhausted and of course they have covered a lot of stuff as well so probably you know having a good lifestyle um healthy lifestyle actually plays a very important part and of course those who can't um really have the time you can even go for biking or even go for walk even take up some kind of hobbies that actually um you exert a little pressure your heart rate to elevate up you know so that you have a mild perspirations um during the lock a uh, lockdown dog i mean um, a lot of them actually did a lot of home exercises uh for those who been exercising and um during that period we also saw a lot of things that sold out especially in the supermarkets where a lot of toilet papers is gone yeah. but the other side a lot of gym equipment <laughs> like you know like dumbbells bells and tubings was actually sold out so mm-hmm. a lot of people <clears throat> um turned their home into a gym as well because most of the gym were actually yep. were closed down as well during that period of time so it, it shows that you know exercises actually play a very important part in their life but the yep. other part the mental resilience is 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 another factor that is actually have affected most of the people because we have not been into this game um, in this field of playing you know that the game wasn't played before so we don't have any uh, some sort of rigorsel that we have done and you know we 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 came up from it because this is a most of the time a lot of people are going through a major um i would say depression or anxiety because they're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow you know um especially when you know people when the beginning of the time you know mm-hmm. they are trying to find out how this virus works how they you know manifest so and so forth um i mean like what you say tachud of course we're not expecting that but looks like are we ready i mean if ever happens in the next 15 20 or 30 years do you think we are ready i think we are ready because uh we we know what to roughly expect especially for respiratory virus that's number one number two is i think the biggest problem was uncertainty but uh in, during the pandemic but i think even that we have actually learned that we have learned how to live with the virus and i think very very early on in the pandemic when we spoke about how we are actually going to live with the virus for many years to come <laughs> and we have to li- we have to be at peace with the virus you stay away from me i stay away from you that's what that is the conversation with the virus which we had but i think when uh, one thing we have to understand is a lot of people as you say um they men they, they 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 physically exert themselves when they go to the gym they run they run they run they run they run but there are some people who still keep running but they come back they are physically tired but they still can't sleep why it's because they are mentally still very very highly alert on the very high alert stage that's why you notice in those days many many years ago you find that a lot of people what do they do before they sleep they take a book they read they read and they read and they read and they fall asleep because they mentally tire themselves so yeah. i think these days you have a lot of people who physically tire themselves but they don't mentally tire themselves there are there's also the other way you find that some people who are maybe uh, uh trying to get into shape they're not in shape but they come back and tell you doc i'm really very tired today but nothing what your job is to sit on the desk and just stare at the computer but no doc i really can't do anything anymore those people are mentally exhausted so i think what bands we are trying to say is that we have to strike a balance where you are tired physically and mentally to rest so that the next day you can get up and start afresh you know doc you know um as as we are in the same um, level right now and, and we totally agree with each other um spiritually i mean whatever a person believes in whatever faith they are i think spiritually also plays a very important part because it taught them resilience they taught them taught them especially confidence you know assurance uh hoping you know um that things will get better so spiritually also plays a very important part in a person's life um we talked about exercise uh we talked about spiritual um do you think obi because during that period of time is everything is enclosed um so they the bonding within a family within the children with the wife you know usually husband and wife go to work they come back only after 16 hours or 18 hours both of them are exhausted uh probably one of the reasons why very low birth rate in 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 the entire world um and with with that we we saw a lot of changes right uh, there's a lot of love there was a lot of posting and you know there was there for support um within the family would you agree with that also doc 
Yeah, I would I would agree that I think there was two ends of the spectrum. Uh, one end of the spectrum where we actually had more and more uh, uh, domestic issues. Um, I think in certain parts of the world, we saw an increase in domestic violence, especially in the lower income countries, lower income households. Uh, we saw a lot of um, uh, uh, divorces as well. I, I saw a couple of studies where divorce rates actually increased. Um, because of that, because of, I think, uh, being more, I, I think since they were interacting more, there were more misunderstandings as well. So I believe that there's always a two spectrum. There's a good and there's a bad as well. So um, I think uh, what we actually learned with this was that there is, there is, there, there is a very big spectrum to mental health, especially where the pandemic was concerned, where this current age, modern age, we are going to go in the time where we are going to read in the textbooks that, oh, if you're born after 2020, uh, this is the type of diseases, mental diseases, which yeah, are going right. to be more predominant in this factor. Like, for example, uh, in, in, in today's day and age, if a person is to be born in the 70s and 80s and they come with chest pain, you're going to say, you know what, I actually have to really look out for heart disease because even though the flow is 40, rewind back 20 years ago, and somebody who is 40 and you say, Adavla had heart disease, you laugh. You say, think of people at the age of 40, 50 having heart disease. You know, people who are having heart diseases are only 60s, 70s and all that. Yeah. But we have actually, so I think the spectrum of mental health diseases, especially the awareness, not that we're saying that mental health uh, diseases never existed. They may have been existed, but they have been called something else. They may have been called, um, somebody has done uh, a charm on that person, or yeah. somebody, uh, uh, this person has um, uh, lost it, or this person is now uh, suddenly unaware of the situation. This person is, some even people say, demented. But unfortunately, um, they did not know that there's actually the mind had so much of spectrum where a lot of these actually diseases or, or so-called mental health issues can actually be treated. And I think the awareness has picked up. And now, especially where we talk about depression, anxiety, you will not believe where I've got so many patients who come in and ask me, Doc, I did settle everything. Last thing before I go, Doc, this, medici this medication uh, can eat with anxiety medication. Uh, or this can, I said, Ken, why, why anything? He said, no, actually, I'm on depressive, depressive medication, depression medication. I'm on anxiety medication. And you wonder, wow, this one has just walked in. He's smiling. He's talking to me. And... Uh, there's no issue, but I, I would have never picked it up if he were just come in and say that he had this. But of course, when he comes and they, they, they actually talk about it and they actually tell us, then you find, hey, wow, this guy actually has something. So what I'm trying to say is that I think uh, treated early, picked up early, uh, intervened early, it will actually be, uh, it's actually a very manageable situation. Thank you, doctor, for that. And uh, of course, uh, another Along the line, um, so let's say a staff who goes to office at 8 a.m. on a working on a very tight uh, schedule where you have to deliver that by 2359 on a Monday. Um, so he is working extremely hard. Um, so you can see his cortisol level is going up. Of course, he obviously he can't see it uh, because he is in the desk, but he is thousand miles away thinking of how to solve this issues that comes along with his project. And what happens is that his heart rate is elevated, um, basically somewhere around from 140 to 100 <laughs> diastolic and systolic. So he, he's, he's assuming that he's in the desk, but he's actually running on a treadmill at a high speed of stress. Mm -hmm. um, and people... You know, that's why they say, you know, usually you have to take like a like a vision break, you know, every 15 minutes, walk out, of, go for the toilet, you know, come back, you feel better. If they don't release this cortisol out from the body, of course, you can't exercise at your working hours unless it's lunchtime. That's going to affect their heart uh, tremendously. Shall we talk a little bit about that, how to manage stress? Because mentally, you come back to stress again, where people, a lot of people went through it and they can't seem to manage stress or take a, a mm. couple of minutes of breathing or think of something that is beautiful. They can't because he's working on a project and it's two, three, five, nine, yeah. you know, submission. Should we talk a and little what, bit about that? 
And and uh, thanks, friends. And actually, what you're talking about is something which the phenomenon which they're seeing a lot in Japan these days. It's called karoshi. Karoshi is basically it actually means work to death. Um, <laughs> yep, sorry. It, it, it is not. Uh, it is not uh, what they call kiasu. Kiasu yep. means uh, scared. Scared to lose out. These yep. people are karoshi. They work themselves to death. They have actually found people in Japan who are just sitting there and is not moving. They're, they're, they're stuck on the screen and then they're stuck on the screen and then you go there and you find that this person has no pulse. This person has is already dead quite some time ago. They are rigor mortis already. Yep. The, reason that, the reason that has happened is because of the way... Okay, it is... Japanese, as you know, they work... Um, I think they work tirelessly. Uh, I, I, I do quite a bit of projects with Japan. Even at Malaysian time at 4 or 5 a.m., I get calls from Japan saying... Uh, I have a I have a question. I said sure. I said uh, I can assist you, but it's about 5 a.m. Uh, you know Malaysian time I on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, on a Sunday. Uh, oh, uh, sir, uh, we are still working uh, today. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that may be uh, that may seem to be a very uh, healthy culture in the way that productivity is concerned, but it may not be the best thing for mental and physical health. So, having to see that a lot of people are working and working and working uh, without any proper breaks in between. I'm not talking about days breaks in between. I'm talking about regular breaks in between. There are some people you will see constantly, they skip lunch, uh, they skip their tea time, they skip all this uh, on the other fact. They don't realize, they think that they're machines. And I'm also partially guilty of that at times. But... At, 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 at there's one point of time where you actually find that even if you take a 10-minute break and you come back and you feel like, wow, I feel so much different. Yeah. Some people take a power nap and they feel so much different. I but think uh, what people have to do is they have to realize that they have to give everything a try. What may work for you, Vance, will definitely not work for me because the way we both function will be different. I may function for 45 minutes and I need a 10-minute break every 45 minutes. You may be able to do one and a half, two hours, and then you may need a 10-minute break. So the way we actually function is very, very different. But I think it's individualistic and people have to learn how to go along with that because um, I and that is how I think mental health is actually carving up it is actually individualized. And uh, I think uh, working working uh, environment, working for stress, and uh, like I mentioned, a lot of new depression is coming up because of traffic jam, because of going up. A lot of these are going to add up and it is going to make the spectrum of mental health very, very different in the coming years. <clears throat> and also, Doc, uh, like um, you just said in the, the, the last words, um, new uh, mental health issues are coming up um, pertaining to different issues, uh, stress. Um, but but looking at the bigger spectrum of fear, uh, will, you, will you say is most of these uh, mental-related issues are from stress, starting from stress and then leading into a lot of other vari- varieties? Will, th- will that be a, a fair uh, statement? I would say it may be a trigger. The stress may be a trigger for all the other stuff. Anxiety may be a trigger. Anxiety may be a trigger for stress. Stress may be a trigger for anxiety. Uh, depression may be a, a trigger from anxiety and stress. So I think it is a domino effect. And um, I think yeah. uh, once one, I think one of the first few talks I gave, I remember I put a stack case where the brain was actually jumping down on an anxiety, yeah, yeah. depression, yeah. and all that. So it's, it's actually a domino effect. One thing leads to the other. So that is why I always believe that actually catching anything inter- and intervening at the correct time and even before things go from one step to the other, you're actually stopping there and you're actually helping the person much better before anything uh, sinister takes place. Thank you, Doctor. So we we, uh, we we talked about the issues right now. Um, what are the possible, you know, from a, a little bit of pieces of all over the topic. Um, when when uh, it, could we say you know the top six or the top seven you know we, we talked about spiritual, we talk about health you know fitness we talk about hobby, um, food also is a comfort you know but not too much of it. Uh, then you put on your extra calories and then that will be another pandemic that we will be facing right. Especially after Diwali. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I don't show you my murukus, but yeah. uh, we should have that. Um, so food is also a comfort, but when when too much of comfort, then it becomes an habit, and then every time when someone is stressed, they go for food. So that shouldn't be the way, but that could be also one of the preventives of uh, you know going into a stress. And another thing, doc, is a lot of us are actually working after the money. I mean, we are working for money, and and then end of the day, we are running after the money. The money is running away from us. Um, sometimes we just have to learn. I know it's tough because at the end of the day, we still have to bring back bread, butter, jam, you know, rice. Um, sometimes we just have to relax a bit. You know, we, we we just have to you know cool down a little bit and say, hey, you know what? It's my me time, right? Um, I just want to be alone. Um, I just want to go for my tetare or I want to go for my walk. I think that should be um, uh, involved in their lifestyle. You know, of course, you know, maybe once a week or twice a week. You know, sometimes. Going for a movie alone is so joyful because you don't need to talk to anyone, you know. Because if if I mean for for your profession, I mean probably you're speaking with everybody, even my profession as well, and most of people in the customer service or even the MNC sectors. So sometimes it's just to be good if you're just alone, not all the time, just once in a while. So that could be also a, one of the preventives. Is there other things that you want to uh, recommend, Doc? I think uh, what you mentioned about spirituality, I think it's quite good. So a lot of people, why do they actually engulf in yoga? Why do they engulf in Tai Chi? It's because, not only because of spirituality, it's because it's actually a sort of a mental exercise. You're actually exhausting yourself mentally uh, in the sense that, I'm not, uh, let me choose that word correctly. It's not exhausting yourself mentally. It's actually exercising your mind well. So it how you get physically tired, you're actually, actually uh, utilizing your mental strength to actually make sure that you get better sleep as well. So I think doing that, um, eating food actually is a, a way of comfort. But a lot of people say, you know, when I eat chocolates, I feel really happy. It's because the endorphins in the body actually secrete. You yeah. know, uh, if you ask vegans or veg vegetarians, when they actually eat a certain type of uh, uh, vegetable, they actually feel very happy. And it may not be because of the vegetable itself it is the body that is responding so i think every human actually craves for that particular time where they want to make themselves happy uh let me give you a different example you will find some people when they are so stressed they just want to go and buy something for themselves yeah. so when they buy yeah. something and they come back but <laughs> but when how can how is that possible i bought something it's not consumed it's not going inside me yeah. but why am i happy it's because of that particular factor which you have done, which has made yourself happy. So basically, it is finding the right balance. Of course, you don't want an expensive habit where you must go and buy a car and come back, then only you feel happy. That's going to be a very expensive yeah. thing. Neither, neither do you want to go and have a big bar of chocolates and then make yourself feel happy because that may not be the best or healthiest thing to do. So you may actually want to find a striking a balance. Like for example, for me, I find reading to be a very uh, um, a comforting thing for me or, or, or gaining or finding new knowledge. I think when you may be tired of looking at me on uh, certain social media where I've been posting all the courses which I'm doing one by one yeah. by one. But I find comfort in that. For me, um, improving my uh, knowledge and skills is actually a comfort for me. And that's my relaxed time. I, I believe that I relax better that way. But I don't think it is the same. I think maybe events for you, it's maybe going for a run or going for a cup of coffee or maybe just sit and meditating or doing nothing or maybe even watching a movie. Even the types of movie makes it... You know, there are some people who only strictly watch horror movies. They said that the only way they can really stress is if they watch horror movies. The the the, the bigger the hantu that comes out, it's better. But I was like, uh, won't that make you stress for me? That will make me stress. Said, no, that actually helps me really stress. Why? It's because... That is perhaps the way they actually express themselves. You know, Doc, I think we are, we are speaking about, um, you know, a, a lot of topics right now. And we, we have just landed in endorphins. I think we are talking about endorphins a little there. And yeah, I think endorphins are produced to help us to relieve pain, reduce stress and improve the mood. That, and exactly that's the topic that we talk about. And those stuff, stuff that we talk about, you know, like preventive, you know, taking care of yourself, exercising, breathing, going out with your friends. But obviously, during the pandemic, we wasn't able to do that. But, you know, even bonding with your family also has shown uh, an increase of um, boosted your endorphins, like exercising, eating, 
Um, they even had said that having sex or getting a massage or anything that gives you comfort that will actually make you so happy. And, and exercise actually releases a lot. And if you look at monkeys, monkeys eat banana most of the time and coconuts once in a while. I mean, most of the time. But they're very happy. And banana releases endorphins, right, Doc? Yeah. Uh, another thing for bananas is because they actually have a high consumption of sugar. So um, that is why you normally see uh, a lot of diabetics who want to consume a lot of sugar because it makes them feel good. Um, but unfortunately, with the sugar rush and then the, the, the dropping of the sugar, it yeah. causes the other the other side effects around. But I think you must also look at, um, let's look at a very simple animal, which is very close uh, physiologically to humans, uh, okay. not, not anatomically, but physiologically. Look at dolphins. They're also mammals. Uh, they also do, they, they also exercise, but they eat a whole different diet. They only eat fish, they eat smaller sea animals, but they're also rather happy and they can also be rather happy. They, they, they do different activities, but they swim, but they want to interact. They are social animals as well. So again, it is again due to the different species, but I think humans as the species has evolved, Every the, the, the variation of species, uh, a variation of individualism, has become higher. So the way everybody uh, treats one another, like some people, oh, you're, you're, you're not doing well. Why don't you do yoga? But the fellow goes for 10 yoga sessions from the best yogi in the world. And then he comes back and says, you know what? I, I don't feel anything. But the, that same guy who goes for Tai Chi, and he says, wow, this is so much better. And he tells the guy who loves doing yoga, hey, maybe you should do Tai Chi. And the fellow goes for Tai Chi and says, what the heck is this fellow talking about? I don't feel it. But this guy feels it better in Tai Chi. So it's again individualism. And I think it is the way you actually respond to a particular therapy. And that is why when you go for mental health therapy, you will sometimes a lot of them ask the doctors, why am I going for this? Why am I going for that? Why did you put that guy for that? Why you didn't put me on that? It's because we believe that different things will actually uh, uh, stimulate your brain differently. Yes, doctor. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of stuff that have to be done here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have learned through uh, quite a difficult uh, COVID experiences, and I think most of them um, probably right now um, able to do a couple of things. You know, they they shown their skills. Um, a lot of people became chef. A lot of people became bakery. A lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of new skills that is um, exposed within themselves, which they thought it can't be done. Uh, this couldn't be me a lot of potential that came up and now when things get so much better and a lot of people are using it as a survival skills or even they thought, Hey, you know what? Previously I was in an eight to five job, but I don't think so because I can be my own boss. A lot of stuff that happened for good things. And of course, a lot of them, you know, around the world that lost a lot of people to COVID as we are right now in 2022 um, and over the hundred over years, we have the Spanish flu, uh, we have this uh, SARS and so many viruses that came in and go by. And of course, now we are way much more resilient in terms of how to able to handle it. And of course, some will be also be having a little bit of more challenges as time to time because one shirt doesn't fit everyone. Um, we talked about the prevent. We talked about the problem. We talked about the preventives right now. Um, when we also talked about, you know, we will be, you know, we have all these tools right now, you know, if ever happen, you know, of, of course, we are not hoping that um, we will be able to, you know, pluck and play. So we are talking about resilience right now. Um, but somehow or other, um, some people just give up in their life. Um, probably they find challenges, obstacles, rejections as a part of, you know, their downfall. And they're not willing to come up or even if they try to come up because situations can be very difficult. Um, if let's say if a father of four lost his job, you know, it's going to be tough for, on, on him if, if there's no resilience. Could we talk a little bit on the resilience part before we, you know, really have coffee and end the show? Um, resilience part on people to develop that. So I think mental resilience can only take place once you can identify that there is a problem. And once you identify there's a problem and then you can actually get help, that is how you build up your mental resilience. It's like it's like this, Lavens. You go to the gym. You can't straight away say, I'm going to lift up 100 kilos dumbbell today and or, or I'm going to bench press 100 kilos no. today and tomorrow I'm going to be you know, buffed up. It doesn't happen that way. 
first of all, you have to go and see someone and, you know, someone like yourself and they, the person is going to say, okay, you know what? I assess your physique. I think maybe you should start with 10 and then slowly we will build up to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 until we reach 100. I think uh, mental resilience is about the same. Everybody has to know what is their threshold. What is what what is going to beat their threshold? And the moment you're actually nearing the threshold, that is when you need to know and say, okay, you know what? I'm nearing the threshold. I need to step back. I need to do this. This is how I'm going to recuperate so that you normally don't, uh, you know, breach the threshold and make it difficult for yourself. You know, whenever I ask any psychiatrist, any psychiatrist, and you always ask them, what is the thing you fear most? You, you, you know, when a lot of people will say heart attack, a lot of people will say stroke, a lot of people will say uh, this and that. The biggest thing which every psychiatrist fear in themselves is burnout. You're very worried. Once they actually get burnt out, it is going to be very difficult for people to bounce back. They can bounce back, but it's going to take a really long time. So I think over the years, very senior psychiatrists, they always, the way they actually tell me, and, you know, I always, a lot of people look to me for help, but I also look to a lot of people for help. And I ask psychiatrists, how do you manage your time and this and that? And uh, they always say, look, we know what is our threshold. The moment I'm going to hit that threshold, I know that I'm at that border of it. I yep. put a full stop, and that's un- until I get down from that threshold. Because if I hit that threshold and I breach that threshold, I've ha- it has happened before, and this, 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 what happens? So I think mental resilience come in that particular way. You identify your threshold. You know what is going to trigger, what is going to breach that threshold, and how do you overcome that so that you don't actually hit the threshold. So you find a lot of people over the years becoming a bit more resilient in that sense. But of course, again, everybody's resilience and the level of tolerance is very, very different. Well said, Doc. I mean, um, we, we, we have to come to a point where we have to agree that sometimes self-care is very important. I mean, if we are healthy, if we are fit, mentally we are in a great position, I think we can go for many, many more years. I mean, of course, we are in a gap of uh, 0 to 100. I mean, if you are living up to 110, God bless, thank you. But um, I think so, like what you mentioned, burnout is one of the key uh, for a lot of other factors because probably you are sleeping lesser, you are under stress, your cortisol level is high, there's no much of fun, uh, a lot of boring stuff, probably your boss or your managers are after your butt, after you, you know, getting all set. And I, and I think... At that point of time, you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision for your loved ones, for yourself. And then from there, you evaluate your situation. And then from there, you're going to move. But like like what we agree, a lot of people's situation will be a lot of different um, circumstances, situations they can be in. But I think... You know, um, when... Uh, sorry, just, just to share with you, one of the most... Uh, uh, important factors or factors which actually which everybody complains about which uh, causes anhedonia. Anhedonia means the ability, the disability to not be happy is yeah. un, is is achieving unrealistic KPIs. That is that is really something which you hear every time when somebody comes. Oh, I have a KPI, a key performance index which I have to achieve, and <clears throat> when they give you that key performance index, you'll be like. How is that physically possible? It's not possible. Again, going back to that issue that you go to the gym three times and you say that after these three times, I must carry hundred. I must be able to bench press hundred and fifty kilos. When you are straight, you see you are rolling your eyes straight away. It's like how is that physically possible? So I think it is setting realistic. I think even employers and even organizations should understand that KPIs are set. To, so that people perform. They shouldn't be punitive if they can't actually perform, especially to different type of KPIs. So that is one of the things I wanted to add. I, I agree with that. I know KPIs is one of the factors that people work very long hours. They're supposed to be knock off at five, but you know, I'd rather work at another five more hours. But that comes with a price, right? I mean, their position is such or their involvement in that role um, for that particular MNCs or companies that they are working for. So they, they really want to do those stuff. But is it really worth it having so much of wealth, but then your health is lesser? So I think we need to take care. Like, dog, these are simple things that probably you and I will be saying it to most of the people, drinking enough 1.5 to 2 liters of water, getting some sunlight, at least about 30 to 40 minutes of 
breeze walk if you can't go to the gym it's perfectly fine but if you of course if you can make time to the gym that would be phenomenal go and work it out two to three times a week taking care of yourself take minor breaks take major breaks what else dog what else what else we have here <laughs> well i think uh, uh, some of the things is to find what makes you happy i think that's very very important um some people love going for ngo meetings meeting other people some people love getting new knowledge some people love reading books some people just want to go for a walk they don't want to run they don't want to uh, burn it out but they just want to be one with nature they just want to go and smell fresh air i i i know a lot of patients uh, who want uh, who their family goes to the park they actually ask them to take a paper bag grab some air and tie it up and they come back and they just want to smell because they can they feel they can smell the grass nice. they can smell this and and that itself makes them happy and so like i said if that makes you happy and it is not deteriorating to your health why not so i think it is actually making i i think the biggest challenge is to identify what makes you happy there may be five things that makes you happy but what makes you happiest and that no and that's where you know your threshold level i'm in need of this i'm in need of that you know doc i mean um, of course it is not a fair statement to say this but based on my experiences uh, comfort zone is always your sorry comfort zone is always your uncomfort zone or, or rather your comfort <laughs> zone is always your thing that pull you down because when you are very relaxed um when you are not improving like you know during this pandemic a lot of people took up their degrees took up their diplomas they was preparing for it while other people are just you know managing because the circumstances are such so usually the comfort zone is actually a very dangerous zone sometimes sometimes but of yeah. course we are human beings we need to have all those principles that we talked about you know taking care of ourselves but constantly improving is also a key performance for our success for our loved one and even for our own self um i think that one part and if if you are tired take a break it's 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 okay to take a break um if you think that the that company that you are working for is putting so much of pressure and you think that your peace your love your liking every monday is like going into something like you don't want to go then probably you need to evaluate your situation and make that change right but mm. of course circumstances are different people situations are different so i mean it all depends on you how you want to make the decision because we are the ultimate ultimately we are making the decision for ourselves and our loved ones agree Thank you doctor I mean having said that uh it's again one hour already day uh, yeah. uh it's time for our chai uh, I think the last chai we had was beginning of this year when you came down to Singapore and June. we went up to June. East Coast Park June bro June yeah wow you see uh, so fast so many months have yeah, left yeah. um probably I will have to come down uh, and have a chai with you in a strong chai <laughs> Thank you doctor so, thank um, you. any um, any any last advice you want to say for the day for this topic uh, before we yeah. call it off um i would say i would i would i would urge everyone to at least get a mental health assessment done every once a year by yourself if uh, it's not done by a workplace or uh, or any any other professional just there are simple tests the das 21 scale online there are so many things which you can help screen for your mental health um please do get that assessment done and uh, i think uh, i think another thing which we have to do especially for my fellow malaysians that as we near towards the 19th of november where the elections are coming we will be bogged with more and more information again uh, you have to know where to limit yourself when you're bogged with a lot of information that is where your stress anxiety comes in you know um, with so many other different factors but the most important thing is I, I would recommend everyone go out and vote. That is the most important thing. Practice your constitutional rights, but remember to be safe. Wear a mask so you have nothing to worry about. So when you go there, practice your 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 physical distancing. Practice your hand hygiene. Wear your mask. Practice your constitutional rights. Feel good about it, and that is how we move on as a nation. Thank you so much uh, Dr Arvinda Singh um it was a pleasure uh, speaking with you for the past one hour and I, like i said you know any conversation you enjoy um it just seems like one minute but it's actually yep. one hour so <laughs> i really enjoyed this session with you and a uh, great topic on mentally speaking and this will be shared in spotify and apple podcast so if you just go into copy with vans uh, podcast or apple 
podcast or Spotify, you can able to find us. And then it will be there in uh, episode 50. So that will be the episode 50. If you want to hear it while you're driving or if you want to listen up, hook us up on Spotify. And once again, Doctor, thank you so much for uh, joining me. And we'll definitely Come catch up. Always thank a pleasure, so bro. Thank Cheers. you. See you. All right. So that was uh, Dr. Arinda Singh. I really enjoy uh, speaking with him. I think uh, over the past two and a half years, I think we have spoke for many, many, many hours um, virtually on site. And, you know, we met and also over the phone. So great doctor gives us a lot of advices on not only on mental, but a lot of other topics as well. It's been a great uh, pleasure having Arinda Singh. And yes, we have come to the end of um, our topic today. Mentally speaking, um, we are responsible for our actions. And if you think that you are in a burnout, um, and burnouts can come in various uh, situations, right? You're not happy, you're angry, you're frustrated. You know, we call it the grumpy bear. Um, you don't smile. And even in traffic, if someone just put the signal and come in, you're like on, or you just get angry. And, you know, you find that your life every second is like a hundred hours. You know, you're not enjoying it. Um, you, you need to turn inwards. I think that is what exactly we, we talked about today. You know, um, a lot of us are stressed out even after the pandemic. Things are getting better. So it's a lot of movements right now. People are start traveling. Uh, people are meeting up more. So I think it's, it's a good way of exploration. It's a good way to come back again what we were before. But I think the most key um, key thing here right now is turning inwards. If you find yourself um, not smiling often, even if you nowadays you smile often, people think that you know, you've got some situation. But I think being happy is the most important thing that you need to do. All right? What makes you happy, it's really about you. Um, drinking enough water, simple um, advice, tip, two, two liters, because if you're drinking a lot, you're hydrating yourself, your hair, your skin, um, and then you'll be peeing more, so you have not much of time gossiping or, you know, talking about unproductive things and things that only energize you, all right? And that's very important. And even in a topic or even when you meet someone who's super negative, they talk all of our problems. It's okay to give a listening ear, but it's not okay to absorb their energy because then you will be down. So it's very important that when you want to be in that position of giving advice, I think that you really need to know um, why I'm saying that is because it can affect you, right? It's vibrations, energy. And doing at least about 40 minutes, three times a week of walking. I think, it, I, I, honestly speaking, on walking is one of the best exercises, right? But it's not a slow walk, you know, in the beach where you take one step every 10 seconds. No. <clears throat> you need to do a little bit of breeze walk. You need to elevate the heart rate. You need to perspire. That will be the great uh, exercise plan that I always suggest to everyone, you know, walk. Walking is a compulsory for the body. And Health Promotion Board, HPV in Singapore, has suggested that 10,000 steps is a good start, you know. Eventually, you want to improve to 15, 17, 20. And then you will start to walk faster. Then if you enjoy running and your medical is good, then you can start running as well. So I can keep on going on this. Uh, let's keep this for another day on a on a topic on health. And um, it's good to be back. In fact, I didn't win anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it was just a four weeks break. Um, and um, we can say it's recovery from a burnout. It can recovery from tiredness. You know, sometimes you just need to take a break, right? Um, working for an MNC company for 17 over years, I think I've not enjoyed and the moment when I started my own and become my own boss, you know, you can take breaks. But like I said, if you're tired, do take a break and time to time evaluate your situations and then from there you grow. Okay, this is uh, Vance coming back after four weeks of break. I will catch you again on my next episode on an interesting topic. So for now, adios, amigo. Bye.